This is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org. Okay, everyone, well, welcome back to another episode of Partnership for the Arts Radio, where we talk art. Annette, how are you doing today? I'm great, Dave. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. I'm feeling blessed. Got my cup of coffee. You did. You I did. did. I'm up over when we were at Fisherman's Village. Yeah, yeah. you had to... Quickly. Yes. So that we could get back here and get set up. True. To talk to our, our guest. Our guest. So, yeah. So, should we get started? Let's get started. Okay. So, we are talking today with Ron Sanders, mm-hmm. fine artist extraordinaire, and a uh, instructor at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda. Welcome. We're really excited you're here. Yeah. Good to have you on the show. Thank you very much. It's good to be here. Should we, should we get started first talking a little bit about your background and yeah. why are you an artist? Why am I an artist? Wow. Okay, there's your first loaded question. That's <laughs> <laughs> who I am. <laughs> you know, there's that old joke that artists paint because we have to, not because we, you know, we want to or something. It's just who we are. I'll actually go with that one. So, Ron, when did all this start for you? Um, like so many artists, I started when I was very, very young, started drawing and, and painting from a young age. I remember probably like nursery school age, sitting on the floor drawing from how to draw books of Disney characters. Yeah, while my mom was doing ironing and stuff. And then uh, they were always very supportive. They gave me supplies. So I was... Uh, working in like pastel and pen and ink and acrylics and all those things. And by the time I was nine, my uncle tried oil paints and did one painting and decided it wasn't for him. And he painting in oils at nine. I sold my first commission piece at age 11, and I've sold at least wait, one. Wait, your first commissioned piece? Yes. At 11. At okay. Age. Now, that was a drawing, not an oil painting. Well, wait, but back up. Yeah. What was it? And how did this come about? Uh, it was the music teacher at the school that I was attending that had me draw a pencil drawing of the school mascot, which was a cougar. And I drew it out of a book, and then the, the art teacher liked my drawing well enough that she used that as the basis for a mural painting that they did in the entry to the school. Excellent. And then I also did drawings for school shirts and oh various brochures and things through the office. And I went on and I ended up doing a commission acrylic painting for my social studies teacher in seventh grade and a commission portrait for my science teacher in eighth grade and on and on. So... And how much were you charging for your work back then? Well, back then, I, I started at like, I don't know, $15, and then I'd get paid 20 and I'd think, okay, well, if you're willing to pay 20 then the next time I'll charge 20 and then they'd give me 25 and Ooh. that I bumped up a little bit, you know, there, but I wasn't getting a lot. I was just thrilled that I was, well, somebody absolutely. was paying me hey. at that age, you know. Well, at this age, people would be thrilled. <laughs> 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 I'm not so thrilled with 25 bucks. Yes, yes. <laughs> but the cost of materials. That's yeah. really kind of extraordinary. Yeah, no doubt. So... Ron, was that with any kind of formal training, or were you all just self-taught? But I was basically self-taught all through that period. Okay. And uh, I went into high school and had, had to start out in the freshman introductory art class. And within about two or three weeks, the art teacher came to me and said, okay, I think you can bump up to the advanced art classes with the juniors and seniors, because this is you're, you're beyond this stuff. Really? 
Yeah. So I went into the advanced art classes, and then by the time I was sometime in my junior year, I'd pretty much gone through every art class the high school had. So senior year, they said, why don't you just create your own curriculum for senior year to work on your portfolio and get ready for college. And you were in Indiana, right? Yeah. I lived in Fort Wayne, Indiana. I went to Carroll High School. So public high school? Public high school, yeah. And they, for your senior year, they're just like, just go do your thing. Just, yeah, give us a proposal of what you want to do. And so I put together a portfolio of pieces to enter in the Scholastic Art Awards and have this portfolio of pieces to enter college. As a matter of fact, my my portfolio for the Scholastic Art Awards set a record for being the first portfolio, at least in our region, to have every piece of my portfolio win some kind of an honor. This is me and Dave being speechless. (laughs) But not for long, because we've got a show to do. (laughs) So, do you remember what awards they were? Key Award, and I uh, was in Congressional Art Awards, got to meet our senator. Oh, you were? And, yeah. So, in the, in the, then the work went to D.C.? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 It was so long ago, I remember all the details, but I do remember the local show and getting to meet the senator who, who gives awards and stuff. That was high school? That was still high school, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I got accepted into the Columbus College of Art and Design in Columbus, Ohio. Art and Design? Yeah, private art school, four and a half year program. So now, so so at that point, were you focusing on a particular medium or a particular style or something? I matter? always liked narrative arts, figurative narrative arts. Mm-hmm. So I liked like Baroque art and, mm-hmm. and Victorian art and you know, the story art of the past. Mm-hmm. Okay. And classical stuff and all that. And I was told by uh, somebody back when I was about junior high age, you know, this is the 20th century. Ah, here we go. Fine art is all abstract. The Renaissance is over. Sounding familiar. Get over it. And uh, if you want to be that kind of an artist, if you want to tell stories and paint people, you need to go become an illustrator. So I decided, okay, that's what I was going to do. And I went to CCAD, Columbus College of Art and Design. Ron, what was your major? Um, as an illustration major, okay, which I was very grateful for because the illustration departments in most colleges were still teaching academic realism. They were teaching the French academic techniques of how to learn yeah. to draw and anatomy studies and perspective and all that kind of stuff. This is sounding real familiar, isn't it, Nanette? This sounds so similar to what Stephen, Stephen. Levine yeah. just told us yeah. um, oh. for the National Art Exhibition. Yeah, and I'm familiar with his works. Yes. He's very talented, yes. been around uh, on my radar for a long time. Yes. So I didn't get to meet him, but he was in town. Well, you were quite busy yourself, Ron. But he um, was saying the same yeah, thing that he's been interested in realism and yeah. that they, you know, in the 80s, yeah. like when he was in school, he felt they felt like rebels. Yeah. Like in Star Wars. Yeah, exactly. Like in Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> so we're not going back down that path. I don't so, have my X Wing fighter to zip around. Uh, <laughs> see, see. Um, Okay, a good time for a break. We'll be right back. Artistic Jedi says, listen to partnership for the art video or else. (laughs) (laughs) Couldn't help it, Nanette. Sorry about that. Right. Uh, But we do want to thank Tori. The Autistic Jedi and her parents, Chris and uh, Melissa Mullins, for that that wonderful spot. Yes. So, 
Ron, before the commercial, we were talking about your college education right. uh, in the arts. So, right. So, so a, a lot of people from my kind of generation went through that same thing, where if they went to art school in fine arts, it was a lot of, we'll just paint what you want, and then we'll talk about it. Right. There wasn't a lot of craft, technical mm-hmm. instruction stuff mm-hmm. going on. So illustration was still that way. It was very craft driven. Right. But, mm-hmm. um, but I took fine art classes also, as well as advertising and photography courses, studio photography, learned how to photograph my models and run the lights and the strobes and, you know, take light meter readings and all that stuff, uh, which came into play then later as I was photographing my own models to use as reference for the paintings I was doing. Right, right, right. Now, Ron, I remember us talking earlier. Uh, when you got out of school, things happened pretty quickly for you, didn't they? Yeah. I got out of school, and I ended up immediately going both into getting an agent in New York City for illustration and within a few years getting into fine art galleries. So I've been on this dual course of illustration and fine art pretty much my whole oh, career. Okay. Right. And uh, your work has been uh, in quite a few galleries, right? Okay. Um, I've been in over 23 galleries across the country, plus the U.S. Virgin Islands since that time. Right. Plus, I've been doing illustration work. Uh, most recently for the United States Mint, designing America's Oh, Cards I remember that. Yes, yes. And yes. Congressional Gold Medals. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, that's incredible. Yes. Ron, we could probably do a whole show just on that, but we've got a lot of stuff to cover, so yes. please continue. So, yeah. So, we had all that going on, and I've really been focused primarily, though, on the fine art side of things for right. the past 10 years. I. Didn't have an agent I was working with. I was in the past in New York and Chicago with different agents uh, for the illustration work. So I've been focused for the past 10 years on the fine art and was kind of struggling between what I found I wanted to paint and what the market maybe Mm. wanted me to paint or what people most wanted to buy. And I kept kind of trying to come back to more narrative works, which are typically paintings with people in them that are telling some kind of a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started to bring that back into my fine art with the pieces you mentioned for the National Exhibition. And I was doing a series of these that started with my triple self-portrait that right. is there in, in Southwest Art Magazine uh, that you've got in front of you. Yes. And it won some national awards for me. And people said, no, this is really great. This, this, this is you. My wife said, this is what you ought to be doing. Well, let's just describe this for a minute. All right, so So the triple self-portrait came about because I pulled out of my galleries for three years to go through some stylistic changes, and I was just about ready to re-enter the market when I was diagnosed with possible skin cancer, and spent 2005 in hospitals and going through surgery, and by the time I got out, I had already set up to go to the Northwest Rendezvous in Montana with a lot of the country's leading artists, plein air and figurative artists. And uh, I got there and it was a very emotional time because I really thought, I'm, this is it for me. This is kind of the end. My, my health, my finances, everything else. I got three kids. I'm going to have to go and get what everybody likes to call a real job. Ah, uh, don't you hate when people say that? Uh, <laughs> artists, artists always hear that. Yes. Like, when are you going to get a real job? Um, so I basically came back from Montana, closed up the studio, and we started thinking about where we were going to go and what we were going to do. And I moved down here to Florida 
to get a job with builders as uh, a superintendent overseeing construction. And they were ready to hire me and get me into the path toward management. And uh, we were at the cusp there of the recession and elders went into a nationwide hiring freeze. So my wife and I decided, well, if we're ever going to move someplace warm and get out of the ice and cold, we might as well do it now. And so we moved on down with no job lined up. Yeah, wow. But this really turns out to be a great story because of that situation, you were able to get back into the art world. Right. I did some freelance work, thankfully. And within a few months, couldn't help but get down to Palm Avenue in Sarasota and check out the art galleries, where I bumped into a gallery owner who just opened up a new space and was interested in representing me. And within a few months of that, I was running a secondary location she had as an open studio space for artists and running classes out of it. And then soon after that, she lost her gallery director and I began running the gallery for her. Wow, like it was meant to be. And that got me back into the art world, which then led to the painting Triple Self Portrait, where I I decided, okay, I want to get back to painting my own work. And I have this idea for this painting that really kind of dealt with this path I've been on, this transition, this difficult few years. And uh, so my wife and kids were leaving for a couple of weeks to go, but they were off to visit relatives. And I had my wife help me take a few snapshots of me at my desk, and the rest I was going to paint from life. And I kind of told her the idea of what the picture was going to be about, and she said, you're not going to get all depressed, are you? (laughs) I said, no, 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 the judges are going to love this. They love this kind of stuff. Multiple self-portraits in one picture. So I did that, and I banged it out in about a week. And and so what it is... I have to say, though, Ron, when I looked at this, I thought... I thought this was like your marketing piece, a picture of you at your desk in right. your studio with, with a, portrait a self-portrait on. Yes. The whole thing's the painting. I understand that. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> Hence the triple self-portrait. And then he keeps a, um, a photograph of himself on his desk. No, that is my computer. <laughs> okay. And that's part of the story. Okay. Carry on. When I was going through that three years of changing my style... Mm-hmm. And loosening up and changing my color palette and all that. I I wanted to do a piece where I didn't have to worry about whether it was good or bad. And I thought, I want to do a portrait piece. And I don't want to have to hire a model. So I brought the mirror in and I set it up and I painted a self-portrait. And the first night I got started on it, it was horrible. And I went to bed a bit discouraged. This is like, I got up the next morning and decided to go back at it. And it turned out to be a pretty good piece. Well, it turned out good and I entered it in the statewide competition in Indiana known as the Hoosier Salon. It's in Indianapolis, and I enter the piece, and then it gets an award and gets purchased for the permanent collection of the Indiana State Museum collection. Wow, there you go. And this is the piece he thought that wasn't any good, huh? It <laughs> <laughs> was garbage the first night. Okay. <laughs> we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jill Lindsay. I'm an artist, and I listen to the Partnership for the Arts talk show. Okay. Big shout out and thanks to Jill Lindsay. She is the featured artist at the Visual Arts Center, so thank you for doing that. And we are having a conversation with Ron Sanders, uh, illustrator and realist painter. And we were just talking about your painting, the uh, triple portrait. So please, Ron, continue. So it 
was representative of the past. That, that path I was on, that I was starting to move toward a style that was being responded to positively. And so that's the past on my computer screen. It's the picture of that old piece up on my screen. Mm -hmm. Okay. The present is me at my desk with my head in my hands, struggling with, can I make a living? Can I get back in art, make a living, and provide for my wife and children? Right. You see, I what is it, my 40th birthday? I my did kids that. Yeah. Have, that was about a year prior. And my kids had drawn me happy birthday daddy kind of stuff. And it's posted on my wall. It was actually there in right. the I studio see. space. Mm -hmm. Um, and on the foreground then is my French easel with another self-portrait that I actually did from life in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, and then, you know, made it a part of the, the broader piece. So it's past, present, future, and the, the, the future one is the self-portrait of me looking out of the canvas to the future and kind of the uncertainty of will I succeed or fail. Right. I remember, uh discussion we were having earlier that uh, you were going to do something else with that portrait toward the end, but you, you didn't. <laughs> you couldn't go through with it, right? The original plan was to have the discouragement of the lower half of the portrait just scratched out with big, bold strokes of paint. But the portrait turned out good enough. I couldn't bring myself to do that. <laughs> so I left it as it was. Which is really a good thing you did, right? Because it ended up uh, being quite successful. So I, I finished that piece and I entered it, and it won, I don't know, like three national awards for me. Right. And that made me think, okay, this is this is the way I want to paint. It's, it, it, it's right. the most true, mature piece that I've done. Right. Okay, well, Ron, you had mentioned that that and the book and cover were tied in together. How's that? I can't do another triple self-portrait, right? So I've got to figure out how do I tie this into some other works. And that led to a, a group of paintings or series of paintings I called Artists and Their Art. Okay. And they were mostly fictional. There's one that actually was based on an artist from here in Punta Gorda. Uh, but the others were just made up and they were narrative in content. And so the piece that I had in the National Exhibit 2014 was called Book and Cover, mm -hmm. based on the old philosophy that you can't judge a book by its cover. And so the young woman, the young artist in the painting... Oh, that this is, is the one with the woman with the tattoos. Right. Yes, yes, a, yes, yes. A young woman with bleach blonde hair with black bangs and very funky clothes on and tattoos down one arm and she's wearing combat boots but they're covered in roses and you know there's this play between her toughness and her femininity um but then surrounding her she's in a studio setting where she has been studying very academic art very traditional right. atelier setting like right. we talked about so, yeah so every piece on the wall behind her is a reference to some art history icon and their influence on where she's going artistically and then on the easel next to her is a formal portrait of this upper middle class wealthy whatever patron as she's in this long gown coming down this staircase in formal portrait. But when I did the photo shoot for the woman on the staircase for the painting within the painting, I had some shots of her that were beautiful. They didn't fit what I wanted to do for that painting. They had a little bit more swagger and curve to her um, yeah. as she's coming down the steps, but I, I wanted to do another version of that based on some of those other photos. So the second piece that you mentioned of the woman coming down the stairs the, on its own as a, as a painting was that second piece. So it's derived from book and cover, but stood as its own piece. Right, right. Okay. Yes. And both those pieces then made it into the National Exhibition. Yes, yes. Now, 
you mentioned one of those won the award, right? Which one was it? Do you remember? I got People's Choice Award for book and cover. For book and cover. People's Choice Award. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And I think there may have been a merit award. You did win another award. Yeah. 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 So, and just to clarify, the People's Choice Award is the people that come in, the public comes in, and basically votes on their favorite painting for the show. Yeah. So that's very gratifying, I would think, to feel that the narrative that you've put together, people responded to it. People got it and responded to it, even if they weren't consciously thinking, oh, this is the story. Yeah, there's a, a lot of people, unless you kind of go through and talk to them about all the symbolism, they don't necessarily understand fully, but I think they appreciate the complexity of those pieces and uh, they understand that there's something more going on. It's not just a girl on a sofa past, or what I used to call pretty girls in gardens paintings. Uh, I used to do those, uh, the long, you know, flowing gowns and a garden setting. But I wanted the narrative more. I wanted more people and more going on in the pictures, and so that's kind of where that's evolved. Right, but you have now changed direction, haven't you? Right. And more recently, I've been deciding that maybe I've been kind of working, going against the grain a little bit. And if I really want to tell stories, I need to get back to my roots and get back to my illustration background and get back to doing like book covers and work for related industries. Sci-fi fantasy is the big area where that's still available to illustrators. Because the science fiction world is very much looking for that, that style of artwork. So, Ron... You've worked in a lot of different mediums, haven't you? Uh, pen, ink, acrylic, what else? Watercolor. Uh, I did work for newspapers, where it was a lot of mixed media thing. Right, and you're teaching a class. I now teach a class called Watercolor, Ink, and Colored Pencil, which is based on stuff I used to do for newspapers as an illustrator. I've done work for the publishing industry for like social studies books and history books. And I think we should mention that, Ron, you teach these classes uh, in several locations around the area, correct? I teach in Sarasota, Northport, and here at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda. Mm -hmm. Okay, and how about we cover uh, some of your contact information, your website information? Two, two websites, actually. Will you share? Uh, yes. The uh, original website is sanders-studios.com, and I used to have everything on there. And I redesigned it to be mostly focused on my commercial work, uh, which is very lean right now as I'm developing some new pieces. The fine art, I switched over to ronsandersfineart.com. A great website set up there. And uh, so you can kind of see more of the fine art things on the one side and the commercial on the other. And you are on Facebook. I do have a Facebook page, yes. And people can friend me on there. Right. And we'll uh, we'll get all of those and put them on there when we post the, the interview. Okay. We'll put them up there. So Great. You went through college. You've been awards, national awards, shows local New York, I believe, right? I've uh, been at shows in New York and around the country, Oil Painters of America, National Oil and Acrylic Painters Society, uh, shows in Greenwich, all kinds of places. The American Artist, you made the cover on that magazine. One of those um, artists and their art series paintings. Yes. Very cool. Uh, what's the process to that? But how, do, how does this happen? How does like getting a cover or even getting an article happen? Uh, basically, they're competitions and you enter a piece and they're judged. and you, For cover art specifically? Uh, that or? is a specific competition, mm -hmm. yes. 
So that was uh, a competition that I entered, and you know, then you just wait and see if you get a rejection letter or one of those nice phone calls saying you made it and we'd like to interview you. That's awesome. Did you know at the time they were going to actually put your artwork on the cover? Uh, in that case, I believe I did. Yeah, they told yeah. me that the piece had been selected as the top prize winner. I'm just curious, do you know how many entries were in for that? I how did uh, once upon a time. I don't remember at this point how many there were. A few, I'm sure. I bet. Yeah. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no doubt. Very cool. Well. So, as well with the sci-fi artwork and all that, but mm -hmm. and what's the process you go from when you get an idea to you actually finish? For the fine art or for the illustration? For the fine art. Fine art starts with, yeah, an idea in my head. Now, it can be anything from like a landscape just being inspired by nature to one of these more complex narrative pieces that starts very conceptually with some idea like you can't judge a book by its cover or something like that. And then it uh, goes through a number of just black and white sketches in my sketchbook. And then once I settle on a design that I think is going to work, then it's about finding, okay, well, I need to get a model that fits this concept. And what do I want that person to look like? And what are they representing? And, and so the piece we talked about before, important cover, it took two years uh, or a little more to go from sketch to finish as I went through that whole process. And that wasn't the painting. A lot of that was just the, the concept of planning and hiring models and finding location and then just normal painting. Are most of or all of the portraits you do like for the fine art? Is that usually with a model? Yeah, yeah, we work from life. Uh, most artists, representational kind of artists, work from life whenever possible. Otherwise, we work from photographic reference, mm -hmm. preferably photos we've taken ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, and you have all the experience and background, too. Right, because I got the photography training in college as part of my education. So then, what's the? how does the conceptual process differ when you are doing um, illustration work? The difference is that illustration work, uh, somebody's giving you the cue up front of prompt and saying, this is what this illustration needs to be about. It's what like it needs assignment. to, yeah, it's an assignment. Uh, this is what it needs to represent. And so they give you the subject and they'll tell you the size and dimensions. So whether it's for a book cover or it's something in a magazine or an advertising piece or whatever. And so there's all these criteria and you get, what they're hiring you to do is interpret mm -hmm. that outline Right. in a visual way, and they've hired you because they've seen your work and they think that your style and technique fits and will you know, produce a product that they're after. And then there's the time you spend communicating back and forth. Yeah, and then there's a lot of back and forth in uh, commercial work where you do comprehensive roughs, <clears throat> hand them off to the client, get approval or changes, and they may be back and forth. And once they finally you know, give you the, the final approval and say, yeah, this is what we want right. you to do, then you're free to go ahead and do the so, Ron, we're running out of time for part one. I wanted to revisit a conversation we had, and I found your answer quite unusual and quite inspiring. In this business that you've been in, time management is crucial. You've been doing this a long time. So when I asked you this question, do you still find yourself in a situation where you find yourself in a time crunch to get something done? Your answer was? No. <laughs> so would you share with us what you've learned? What's been the key to your success? 
Um, I get excited when I get an assignment. I look at it, and I, I almost immediately I'll start envisioning how I might interpret it. You know how I'm going to be able to handle that the style that I'm going to do it in. Uh, some of the work that I did, like for book publishing at the educational book market, um, they didn't have to be tight realism. So I had some leeway. So I, like if it was a, a guy in the picture, any guy, I'd post for it myself. And then I'd reshape in my drawing to make it look like whoever it was supposed to be. So if it was Galileo doing an experiment on the top of the Leaning Tower of Pisa, that was me. The two young students <laughs> working with him, both me. You know, and I oh, would just... you really have got around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and believe it or not, we are out of time for part one of this episode. So, Ron, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much, Ron. It's yeah. been really fun. Well, You're really welcome. Interesting. So, everyone... We want to thank you for tuning in and make sure you come back to listen to part two where Ron will get a chance to go into sci-fi world. I think we're all looking forward to that. Okay, great. Wonderful. And there's a lot more to cover, so make sure you come back for that. So, Nanette, you have a good day. You too, Dave. I will do. And everyone, thank you for tuning in and listening, and uh, we will talk to you all soon. On the next show, we will, yeah. Part two, where we talk up with Ron Sanders, fine artist extraordinaire. <laughs> this is Partnership for the Arts Radio. Come join us as we explore the worlds of art. This podcast was recorded at the Visual Arts Center in Punta Gorda, Florida. And you can find this and other episodes of our talk show on Facebook and our website at partnershipforthearts.group.org.